Welcome to another edition of Spiritual Encounters, and I am your lion-hearted host, Pastor Casper. Within the Word of God resides supernatural power to make things happen that changes your reality. So, look, we, we see in Mark 13, 7, it says, and you'll hear of wars, rumors of wars, be ye not troubled, for such things must need be, but the end shall not be yet. So, look, when you're born again, the Holy Spirit comes to live within you, and then you can experience, feel, and sense the Lord Jesus, Yeshua, giving you supernatural power that you need to resist the devil, overcome any of the evil of this fallen world, overcome all unclean spirits like you know, unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment, spirits of fear, things that God didn't give you. Just like most people have electricity in their homes in, in modern civilizations today, that electricity is wired into your house. It's connected to a station that's uh, power generated. And when you enter into your home at night, what happens? You, you, it's dark there. All you need to do is switch on the light. Darkness vanishes. It just disappears. And the gospel message, it's like the cables kind of a wireless deal here, right? We're connected in your holy temples, your mind, body, spirit, and soul with the supernatural power station of God Almighty. Because of the finished work of the cross of Christ, that we, we have divine connection we can go boldly into the throne room of God, make your request known. He really knows what you're going to ask him before you ask it. He's got a good plan for your life. Look, you've got to make your, your light shine before men so they see your good works. Glorify your Father which is in heaven. I'm, I'm so excited. We, we have our guest tonight, evangelist Nathan Jones of Lamb and Lion Ministries. I, I've been watching him for years. I, I just love the work they're doing. He doesn't really need an invitation, uh, sorry, introduction here because... I think most of you have seen him numerous times. Nathan's been on the cutting edge of uh, reporting on prophecy with Dr. David um, Reagan quite some time. They're reaching millions of people, billions probably. So, look, is, is Israel preparing for an all-out war? What, what's the word of God have to say? Look, Brother Nathan, what's on your heart? What would you like to share with us tonight? Again, Pastor Casper, I thank you for inviting me on your program. Uh, like you, we're both uh, brothers in arms, so to speak, sharing the gospel. Uh, for us at Lamb and Lion Ministries, we're excited about the soon return of Jesus. So we focus on the 31% of the Bible that is related to Bible prophecy. And uh, we want to get people as excited as we are that Jesus Christ is coming soon. And we believe that Jesus left a number of signs of the end times that point to the soon return of Jesus Christ. And we are living in that time period where those signs are increasing both in frequency and intensity, the closer we get to his return. And particularly with the super sign Israel as the center point, we're seeing a lot going on these days, especially even this week, that we believe is getting closer and closer to the time of Jesus' return. Amen. I mean, it's, it's amazing the things that are unfolding, ancient prophecy unfolding right before us on the world stage. Um, in the 260 chapters of the New Testament, there's well over at least 300 references to the fact the day is approaching when the Lord Jesus Christ and Ezra's Messiah Yeshua is physically going to return, right? We have in Acts um, 1.11, it says, um, you men of Galilee, why are you standing gazing into heaven? The same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven. I mean, that's an absolute guaranteed certainty, right? Um, maybe you like expound on that one. Well, certainly. There's 500 verses in the Old Testament, and one in every 25 verses in the New Testament are about the second coming of Jesus Christ. It's the most prolific prophecy in all the Bible. Matter of fact, in Revelation, 
At the very end, Jesus says, I am coming quickly three times. Three times Jesus says, I'm coming quickly. In other words, when he comes, it will be very quickly. And so it's an ironclad promise from Jesus Christ himself that he will return. Now, in Matthew 24 and uh, Luke 21 and uh, Mark 13 are three major chapters in the Bible where the disciples asked Jesus, what would be the signs of your soon coming or your return? And Jesus answered them with 10 different signs. He said there'd be a proliferation of false prophets in the last days. There'd be an increase in wars and rumors and wars. There'd be an increase in natural disasters like earthquakes. There'd be a number of pestilences and plagues, fearful signs in the sky, uh, persecution of the church. And the number one sign is that the whole world would focus on Israel and what the Lord is going to do through Israel when he returns. And he also said that they would increase these signs and in frequency and intensity the closer he gets. So uh, we've seen since Israel became a nation in 1940 up until today, these signs increase every year and in frequency and intensity. Absolutely. And when you said, um, and you're quoting Revelation of the Lord Jesus says, Behold, I come quickly. When I've looked that up um, in word studies and the Greek and Aramaic and all that, it appears he's saying, I come suddenly. Suddenly it's going to happen, right? That's why we've got to be prepared now. We've got to prepare your hearts. Um, remember, Noah was a prepper. We can be a prepper too. And the best way to prepare is to get your heart right with the Lord right now. Um, That's well said, absolutely. I was thinking, um, it says like when the Lord said, um, John 14, 3, and if I go, I prepare a place for you and will come again, receive you unto myself that where I am, you may be also, right? And we've got the Apostle Paul telling us um, this, this amazing truth, right? Extraordinary. Titus 2, 13, looking for that blessed hope. I mean, I look around today, people are all, I mean, they're, they're fearful of what's going to happen um, is, is, are we looking at uh, World War Three unfolding before us with, with the thing in Syria right now? Um, and it's saying, looking for that blessed hope, the glorious appearing of the great God, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity, purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. We're here because we want to do good works. Let your good works shine. Amen. Tell us Amen. Um, what you see happening here. I mean, you're, you're kind of really tuned into all that um, with, with what's happening right now, um, with the prophecy we're seeing, um, Syria, Iran, Russia. I mean, what's going on with that? We've got wars and rumors of wars happening. Well, let me give you a prophetic timeline from the way our ministry sees it and the way uh, we interpret the Bible, is that we believe that we are at the near the end of the church age. We are in those end times that Jesus was talking about, and we're leading up to an event called the rapture of the church. 1 Corinthians 15 and 1 Thessalonians 4 talk about how Jesus will snatch up, and there we get that rapio or rapture, catch up. He will take the Christians off this planet and bring them up to heaven before the day of wrath comes, which is a seven-year tribulation period, according to Daniel 9. And so that's when God will pour 21 judgments upon the world and judge it for his sins, but it will also force people on their knees and bring multitudes to know Jesus Christ as their Savior during that tribulation. So during that tribulation time period, the world will see a one-world leader rise called the Antichrist, and he will subject the world, and the whole world will be focused on Israel to destroy Israel. At the end of those seven years, Jesus returns with the saints, that's us, the church age, and we will see Jesus defeat the Antichrist and Satan and the false prophet and set up his kingdom on this earth, a thousand-year kingdom of peace, righteousness, and justice. 
Now, there's some smaller events, if, if you can say smaller prophetically, and that's the events leading up to the tribulation. Now, the rapture is a signless event. It's an imminent event. It could happen at any time. But the tribulation has clear signs leading up to it, and that is that there has to be an Israel for the whole world to focus their attention on Israel and Jerusalem, as Zechariah 12 and 14 says. We've seen that. In our era, the fig tree is budded, as Jesus said. Israel has returned to the land. In 1948, they became a nation again. And during the Six-Day War, they recaptured Jerusalem again. And as we've been seeing, especially in the UN, the UN constantly is condemning Israel for being in their own capital of Jerusalem. And that is a direct fulfillment of Zechariah 12 and 14, that, that Jerusalem would, would be a stumbling block. It would be like a fire. It would kindle people who would try to take the land from the Jews would get hurt. And we've seen whole uh, empires like the British Empire collapse in trying to stop Israel from becoming a nation again. And we're seeing the whole world have this weird spiritual obsession with Israel. The UN exists to do nothing more than condemn Israel. It doesn't condemn Iran. It doesn't condemn Iraq. It doesn't condemn North Korea. But it always condemns Israel. And the whole world is focused on Israel. And soon we will continue to see the whole world focused on Israel not politically, but there will be some military interactions as well, and that's, that's what we're building up to. Well, that, that's really a lot to take in and one breath here. Um, yeah, but sorry, but I can break it up if you'd like. Okay, with some. Can you hear us all right? It faded a little bit, but I can hear you just fine now. Okay. Well, you know, the prince of the airways, but we just come against him in the name of Jesus. So um, I've been well asked, you know, as a guest with, with several, um, like here's the Watchmen organization, Prophecy Watchers and all, the Watchmen on the wall, right? We got strange things happen. We got CERN, we got D-Wave computing, um, the nanobots, artificial intelligence, neural lace, uh, this whole thing unfolding with transhumanism. Um, you got people talking about the deep states and secret societies and DARPA and chemtrails in the sky. I mean, really, what a strange time that we're, we're in for such a time as this. And yet, um, how exciting. I mean, just kind of like the Magi going looking for baby Jesus. We are looking because we see the signs are all here that he warned us about. He said, when you see these things begin to happen, know that your redemption draws nigh. So here we are. If we're truly... In the last days, observing biblical prophecy unfolding before us as the Lord forewarned us is going to happen. What should we be doing? I mean, is this a time to give up and, and, and give in to a spirit of fear? There's people walking around discouraged right now. Um, that is not of God, right? He didn't tell us to entertain a spirit of fear that God didn't give us. It's, it's a time to press in deeper of the things of God, getting on the narrow path of holiness, staying on that narrow path. I mean, this is what we need today. Um, Staying in faith, believing the report of the Lord over the, the reports of the world and demonic entities and all the rest of it. In fact, it tells us in Second um, Corinthians one twenty, it says, For all the promises of God in Him are yea and amen and unto the glory of God by us, right? So let's not put any question marks where the Lord God Almighty has put a period. Quite simply, you know, you can't have faith if you don't have hope for what you're believing for. And we've got the blessed hope. Amen. Yes. Amen. We end every one of our Christ in Prophecy television episodes with look up, be watchful, for your redemption is drawing near. And that's how Jesus ends Luke 21. He gives you five applications. In other words, 
we are Christians, so we need to live a holy life. Stop sinning. If you're a believer, you need to stop living like the world. You need to start living like Jesus and be a light like Jesus is. He also tells us to look up, be watchful. In other words, we need are to anticipate the return of Jesus Christ. And frankly, the church is asleep at the wheel when it comes to this. They've given up on Bible prophecy. It's been too long since Hal Lindsey's late great planet Earth. They've given up, and they they don't teach Bible prophecy anymore. And yet, Bible prophecy is all around us. It's happening. You can watch the news, and events are occurring as we speak. So we're to look up, be watchful. We're to live holy lives. And three, we're supposed to evangelize. As Christians, we're supposed to use this time while the time is short to get the gospel out. So I totally agree with you, Pastor. Amen. Um, you know, I, I saw a clip um, with Ravi Zacharias was talking. He was at a dinner party with a, what he described as a well-known TV preacher. He said who communicates with more people across television than anybody else in the world on any given day. And then he, he made the statement where well, the modern emergent church has produced a generation of people that actually are not going to be able to handle the challenges of um, other religions like Islam and other major world religions. Um, they're sitting at a table, and he described the popular preacher saying that he was talking to some um, Islamic um, people and came away quite impressed with the fact that he, ha he hadn't known up until that moment how much um, they had in common between Islam and Christianity. And I was taken aback, and um, Ravi Zakharai said, you know, that here we are, um, and trying to understand, he talked to this man, this well-known preacher, and he said, you know, they don't believe uh, we have the Bible, that the New Testament, you know, is lost. They don't believe Jesus is the Son of God. They don't believe he died on the cross. They don't believe he rose again from the dead. They don't believe he's coming again. And so he's asking this popular preacher, you know, don't, do you think there's a difference between what we believe and what they believe? And I mean, how sad, because this is what's going on. He's a, he's a guy that's, um, you know, got thousands and thousands of people flocking to um, his church. And what are they teaching? They're not teaching the gospel, apparently. Well, I, I think I know which pastor you're talking about. The, um, that itself is a sign of the end time. If you look at this and read Revelations 2 and 3, Revelation 2 and 3, it talk, gives you the seven churches of Revelation. They were seven real churches during the time, located throughout what today is Turkey. It was Asia Minor at the time. And the Lord has a message for each one of them. But each of those churches also rep different, represent a different time period throughout church history, with the final one being the Church of Laodicea, one that's very wealthy, very well taken care of, but spiritually very poor and naked, very shallow, not very deep in the Lord. They, uh, Jesus says they're uh, lukewarm. They, 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 they kind of play the godliness, but they're not committed wholehearted like, say, the Church of Philadelphia is. And that final stage of the church, the Church of Laodicea, certainly describes the church in the West. Maybe not in China and Africa where it's growing and, and people are persecuted for their faith, but here in the West, the church is apathetic. And we got to beware of Jesus's warning that he might spit us out if we don't get seriously and hot about our service and our love of the Lord. Amen to that. I couldn't agree more. Um if you're having your best life here on, on earth, what about the one that's going to come, the more, the more amazing one in a glorified body? You know, and then we've got, um, <clears throat> like, an, I just saw today, somebody sent me a link this morning, um, how there's another guy predicting, you know, the rapture is going to happen this April, right? I mean, we just had the other guy with the, the 23rd of September last year, 
I mean, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, like, he predicted it three times as well. And uh, date setters are a plague upon Christianity. Uh, they totally give a black eye to the field of Bible prophecy. I don't know how many churches they go to, and you talk to the pastor about Bible prophecy, and, and, and the first thing they say is, well, you know, you guys are always date setting, and you always get it wrong, and you make us look bad. And like, we're not date setting. The the people that aren't supposed to be date setting, they're date setting. Don't connect us to Bible prophecy. Jesus said clearly in Matthew 24 that no one, even him at the time, did not know the day and hour. So nobody can predict when the rapture will happen. But Jesus in Matthew 24 did give us signs that lead up to the tribulation, and he promised that the church would not have to endure his wrath. So we know the rapture is coming soon, but what day it is, no way, no Christian can know that day. I couldn't agree more with you. Uh, this reminds me of the Aesop fable, um, you know, the boy who cried wolf. Do you remember that yeah. one? Maybe I, today, I'm guessing maybe people don't know about it anymore, but the, the famous um, fable where the, the boy is supposed to be watching the sheep and he keeps, he's, he's bored, so he starts to entertain himself by yelling wolf and the villagers come running and then he laughs and goes, oh, there's no wolf and keeps doing this over and over again. Finally, a real wolf shows up. And he's crying, and, and nobody comes. Jesus and the apostles, whenever they went, occasionally demon-possessed people would start proclaiming the message behind them to give validity to their fortune-telling and their occultism, really. I think that's what we're seeing today. Now, would I say that Harold Camping was an occultist? No. But he was being used. At, he was falling for that fallacy that we can mathematically or look at Remember the Revelation 12 sign that, you know, the stars would align just right and tell us there's no way to know mm -hmm. when the rapture of the church. It's an imminent event. It could happen at any time. Jesus says it's a, a time when it, we're unsuspecting. So, you know, we're not expecting. We do know the signs of the times that lead up to the season. We're in that season. I believe personally it could happen any time, but it might not. We're uh, Again, though, Israel is the super sign. We're seeing the world come against Israel, and we know that Israel itself can't last very long in the current circumstances it is. So we're leading up to two prophetic wars, one the Psalm 83 war, and another the Gog and Magog war of Ezekiel 38 and 39, which is really, I mean, starting to set up on the board. So we know we're getting very close to the tribulation, therefore the rapture. Uh, but as for the day and hour, not even Jesus said he knew when he was here at his first coming. I, I totally agree with you. And I feel the same way. I do think it could happen at any moment. I mean, the Lord can do whatever He wants to do, but I think we're getting very close. He said, you know, you can tell when the weather's going to change, how much more should we discern the signs of the time? I, I had a friend back in the UK, I was trying to lead uh, into salvation some years ago, who um, kept sending me clippings of UFO phenomena that they wouldn't show in, in places like America, but they were showing it in other, other places in the world. And um, I started having to investigate some of this stuff, you know, start looking at what was going on with the whole Nephilim agenda. And uh, I mean, now it's gone mainstream. I mean, you just look a couple of weeks ago, they had it on um, on Fox News. There's a guy comes out, out of nowhere, basically, he has footage of UFO, um, Navy pilots seeing UFOs over the east coast of uh, America. And, and this guy, Tucker, um, what's his name? Uh, Carlson Tucker's, sorry. Got the name wrong there, Carlson, Carlson. Um, and he, he's going. This is the most important story in my my lifetime, and and yet, what is the church doing about this? I mean, the the, the kids are watching the you know ancient alien um, 
films and, and the, that whole agenda setting them up for part of that great deception we read about in Second Thessalonians is what I'm seeing happening here, that because they wouldn't be believe the truth of the gospel, the Lord's going to let them have a great deception. I mean, what more of a great deception is there going to be that someone's coming hundreds and millions of light years away just to tell us Jesus got it wrong? No, I mean, that could be the way the Antichrist masks himself, uh, a Superman-type character who comes to the earth. He's got all the answers. He's not totally divine, but he's not totally human, too, the kind of God that mankind wants, uh, like the, the uh, DC character Superman. Uh, I know I just finished reading Billy Graham's book on angels, and Billy Graham believes since angels were their inhabitants of the air, not just the atmosphere, but possibly outer space as well, that they manifest themselves in objects that we can identify. Terry James, another Bible prophecy scholar, writes particularly on that. At Lamb and Lion Ministries, uh, we, we kind of focus on, on the Bible, so we don't go outside the Bible into the more what we call sensationalist Bible prophecy. But uh, as I've encountered other ministries and other pastors, esteemed ones like Billy Graham, who really believe that there's something about these sightings that are meant to distract, but also to prepare for a time of great deception. So I think you're right. I, I remember reading that book by Billy Graham many, many years ago. I mean, it was like, it's an old one, yeah, like decades away. You know, I remember reading it in England. So back, it might have been in the seventies or eighties when that came out. And I remember he was talking about um, angelic beings that were protecting pilots um, in, in just incredible situations where the you know pilots should have been killed, shot out of the plane, but these angels would continue flying the planes for them. Um, an amazing, wonderful book. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, 1975. I'm doing research for a book that I, I'm writing uh, with Pastor Vic Batista called The Mighty Angels of Revelation. So I'm trying to read through everything about Revelation, but I was surprised since I'd never heard Billy Graham uh, do a sermon, at least if yeah, he did when I missed it, on angels in this time period. And uh, we're seeing society itself become more accepting of the idea of angels, of extraterrestrial life, that mankind is not let al left alone here out in the universe. And it is working itself up. I mean, obviously, if Satan is the power behind the principalities and authorities of this earth, then his media mechanism is to get people start thinking about extraterrestrial life and to think that we're not a special creation by God or we're made in God's image, that there's other creations made in God's image. So I don't know anything about UFOs. That's, that's not my specialty and all. But we're clearly working up to a time where there'll be a great delusion. The church, we're even told that the church will be raptured off this earth, the um, restraining influence, uh, the Bible calls it the restrainer, I believe it's the Holy Spirit through the church will be removed, and people will then choose a lie. They will choose the Antichrist, and whatever lie the Antichrist and his false prophets set up, they'll reject what they've seen in the rapture, and they'll choose what he said as a lie. Maybe they'll, they'll say, well, global warming got rid of all the Christians, or aliens abducted them. That's actually what the New Age teaches, that, that the Christians will be removed off this earth so humanity can finally evolve. We're holding humanity back. I mean, we hear all these different deceptions, and those deceptions are leading up to the ultimate deception that the Antichrist will dupe the entire world with. Absolutely. This is the way it's playing out. I, I do remember back in England, I read a book um, someone gave me by Dave Hunt called Peace, Prosperity, and the Coming Holocaust. And in there, he just um, he just described the basics of that. He was talking about how... Um, the New Ages uh, uh, proponents of this idea, they've already got a cover story. The rapture is going to happen, and they've got the cover story. Oh, it was the 
extraterrestrials that took out those people that wouldn't evolve into the higher level of consciousness, right? So they're, they're already in that perception. It's all built in. And then we've got, um, you know, if, if, if I think we need to, you know, I, I absolutely agree with you, but I don't want to go out in sensationalism ever. I want to stay within the Word of God. Looking within the Word of God and we're seeing how the prophecies unfolding, um, I'm, I'm scanning, you know, the world stage and seeing, like, um, the uh, eminent... Uh, celebrated futurist Professor Michel Kaku, who made statements recently in uh, the conference in Dubai about artificial intelligent robots, uh, saying that they, they should put a, a chip in the, the brain to shut them off if, if they have murderous thoughts once they become self-aware. I'm going, you're talking about robotics uh, becoming self-aware? Um, it's amazing. I mean, he's, he's saying that uh, this industry of artificial intelligence is going to create uh, more jobs, um, more opportunities than the automobile industry. And, and then it, he goes on to talk about how he recommends that humans merge, you know, with, with brain chips. Listen, I mean, the Bible tells us, our holy guidebook for the supernatural says, unless those days be shortened, there be no flesh saved. This is what these people are, are, are pushing for. This is part of their agenda. So I don't think we, we, we you know, we, sh we should ignore this by any means. We need to um, take all this in. Through a biblical lens is what you know. What I, I see you doing as well, um, and and keep getting focused on, on on what the Lord says about this, um, and then it goes. It tells us you know Second um, Peter one twenty, knowing this first that no prophecy of Scripture is a private interpretation, right? Um, so God's eternal plan here is going to be fulfilled, whether anybody likes it or not, and and the certainty of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Israel. Physical return to this fallen world, it's got profound implications for everyone that's here paying attention, that's waking up to what's going on. And this begs the question, um, you know, am I actually prepared for this eventuality? Because Casper, I think you said it perfectly. You said it perfectly that we're, we're getting close to Jesus' return. We're seeing the signs that are coming, especially around Israel. We're seeing, for instance, we know that during the... Gog and Magog War, two whole chapters at Ezekiel, chapters 38 and 39, prophesy a war where a leader from Russia, designated Gog, will lead a coalition of Turkey, Iran, Sudan, uh, all those stand nations, and try to destroy Israel. And the first time in just the last few years, we're seeing Putin and Erdogan and the uh, Ayatollahs in Iran, they're all connecting, they're all, which they were enemies for many years, now they are united. And they are moving on the border of Israel through Syria and the war in Syria there. So we are, we're starting to see that coalition that the Bible prophesied 2,600 years ago exists in this day. We're seeing that Israel will have to secure its borders at one time. And likely a Psalm 83 war where Israel has to subjugate the nations that directly surround it, Gaza and Egypt and Jordan and Syria and Lebanon, and give it a time of peace, which is a prerequisite for this Gog and Magog war. Now, as we see these political alliances come together, we know that the Psalm 83 war is coming in. And brother, it could break out at any moment. We have Isaiah 17 and Jeremiah 49, which prophesy that Israel will destroy Damascus in just one day. Well, it seems like the world is centered on what's going on in Damascus right now. So will it escalate? Israel have to destroy Damascus? We'll have to wait and see. But clearly, we are getting very close to seeing some major prophecies come fulfilled. 
When when I'm on the um, I guess the lecture circuit with um, doing conferences with my mate Dr. Ale Mozuli, he's shown a number of times um, footage from like um, a drone of Damascus. I mean, it clearly looks like it's already destroyed. I mean, there's not yeah. much left to it's it. Pretty, it's pretty bad, but Israel didn't do the destroying. And when you read the prophecies in both Isaiah 17 and Jeremiah 49, it clearly says Israel destroys Damascus, which happens to be the oldest city in the world, and they do it in one night. So that would be a very large scale. The destruction causes Damascus to be uninhabitable. And the only thing that really can destroy a land and make it uninhabitable for long periods of time is possibly nuclear or chemical in nature. We know Israel would not use chemical weapons. They're banned, so likely nuclear in nature. So there's a very clear Bible prophecy that Israel will destroy Damascus with a nuclear weapon sometime in the future. And right now, maybe what's going on in, on the world political scene will ebb away like it sometimes does, and it, it'll cool down. But at some point, it'll heat up where we'll then see Israel— destroy Damascus. And right now, everything is focused on what's going on in Syria, so we'll have to wait and see. It, it, it is um, an amazing time to be here for such a time as this. And um, you're right, this, this is all together. In my, my last book, Unmasking the Future, I did a, a chapter where I wrote about it, and, and, and Zacharias, <laughs> I think, like, it's, it, when you, I started trying to really, you know, do a word study there, I he saw flying you know, uh, stalk, which is really possibly he's talking about nuclear missiles describing. He didn't have any other words to describe it at the time, right? Um, it goes in and it devastates the area. Nobody can live there. It's not inhabitable, as you just said. I, I think this is describing it just the way it is, right? But I, I always tell my church, um, I remind them, Daniel 3, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, right? Okay, they did go into the fire. They're not going to bow down to a false idol. And what happens? They they went in faith. And, and, and a miraculous experience happens. They come out. They don't even smell like smoke. It caused King Nebuchadnezzar to change the course of history. So from now on, we're going to serve your God, right? Uh, it says in the scriptures, you know, the Lord Jesus said, I think not that I come to destroy the law or the prophets. I come not to destroy, but to fulfill. So all these things are being fulfilled right before us, right now. Um, it tells us you know, when these things begin to come to pass, look up your your heads, your redemption draws nigh. I, I remember how we read about it in the garden, the Lord Jesus knew he was about to be arrested. He, he knew everything, right? He asked his disciples, watch and pray. And what happens? They, they fell asleep on, on, on this vital important job. They fell asleep. It's in Matthew, um, I think, chapter 26, isn't it? Um, he, he, <laughs> he comes back, he's gone off to pray. He's, 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 it's such intense time, he's sweating um, blood, right? Um, and there's medical explanations for that. Um, but here, they, they keep falling asleep, and finally he goes, okay, sleep on, you know, it's, it's over now. We are to stay watchful and understand that the fact that the Lord told, like his original disciples, all those that would come believe in him in every uh, preceding generation, we must be prepared, be ready for his return. Mm -hmm. Look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near, and it certainly is. Uh, I'm excited because, you know, a lot of times people focus on Bible prophecy, and they focus on the difficult parts, the gloom and doom, the destruction, the Antichrist, marks of the beasts, and and all this other stuff. But when you, you realize that the, the human history has only been about 6,000 years, and the tribulation is only seven years, but, you know, after 
sets the millennial kingdom, a thousand-year reign of peace and righteousness and justice by God the Father, as Jesus rules directly from Jerusalem, and we, are the saints in our glorified bodies, will rule and reign with Him. And then we'll go on to the eternal state, where there's no more curse, and we fellowship with God in the new Jerusalem, face-to-face on a brand new earth. To me, that's the part that gets me excited about Bible prophecy. Yes, we have to get through the difficult times first, but the true glory lies ahead, and that glory lasts for eternity. Amen. I, we've got a lot of people out there right now that are concerned about the New World Order. Let's tell the truth. There is a New World Order coming. It's just not the one that the Illuminati and the secret societies desire. It, the Lord Jesus is coming to put the world back in proper order. He's going to do a, a complete renovation. I mean, God's Word isn't going to change. It's going to change us. So, you know, instead of taking that position, um, since the Father, you know, He's the only one that knows the day of the hour, as we, we said, is, is imminent return. Um, believers, even unbelievers, I mean, think about even, even the unbelievers know something big is going to happen. I mean, we talk yeah. to people uh, all the time, and the unbelievers realize it. They, they, you know, of course, they're, they're listening to the new agey guys and all the rest of it, but they're all seeing something, something's going to happen. It can't keep going the way it is right now. Um, so that begs the question. You know, are you prepared for Jesus coming back to you? Are you prepared this day? Beautifully said. Uh, are we prepared? How does one prepare themselves? Well, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, now's the time. Don't wait for the rapture. Don't be left behind. Accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Surrender your life to Him. Pray from your heart and accept Him as your Lord and Savior. Now, if you're a Christian, you're commanded by Jesus to live a holy life, and to evangelize. So use the time now. Do what Pastor Casper does all the time. Get on the air. Go out and tell your neighbors, your friends, whatever your giftedness, go out and share the gospel with people. That's what we're called to do while we're on this earth. Amen. I I, I think this would be a really good time because I, I just sense that there's people that are going to listen or are watching this. Um, they don't, maybe they don't, I've had people ask me, well, how do I get saved? I, I don't know what to do. Um, maybe we'd like to, to lead them in, in, a, in a prayer right now. Let's let's just go before the Lord. We can pray together on this if you like. Sure. But, um, I, I would love for you to, to, to lead a salvation prayer here, if you wouldn't mind. Oh, sure. I'd be happy to. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only Son. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So we know that God loved us so much that he sent his own Son to die on the cross for our sins and then beat death by being resurrected from the dead. Jesus, the perfect man, took our sins upon him and buried them when he was buried in that tomb. We can accept salvation. Salvation means salvation from being a sinner, salvation from the consequences of our sin, which is hell. We are saved from death and brought into life when we surrender our lives to Jesus Christ. And that's a decision you must make mentally here but also here in the heart, and pray from your heart then. Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and Savior. And Jesus promises to do just that. He will forgive you of your sins, your guilt will be cleansed away, and you will inherit the promises of eternal life with Him. Amen, amen. That's beautifully said, my brother, beautifully said. Yeah, Christians are, are, are supposed to imitate Christ. Um, 
tells us in John 14, 12, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto the Father. How are you ever going to do anything greater than Jesus? You can't die for the sins no. of the world. We just would obey no. him and do what he said, you know, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. So this is a wonderful opportunity for us to to go and be a blessing to other people, just as Brother Nathan has been saying. You know, you got friends and you got family members. You you know people you work with, maybe you go to school with, um, that don't know the Lord yet. Um, they're confused, and 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 a lot of the churches are um, operating with a spirit of confusion today. Let's look at the modern churches. We we were warned about this. It's it's your place now. Go and, and, and share that, right? My kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Go share some heaven with them. Let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That's our commission. That's what the Lord has asked us to do. So, um, Brother Nathan, I am delighted you were able to, to spend some time. You know, you're, you're quite a busy guy with a, a lot of responsibilities. How can people get in touch with you and, and, and your ministry um, so they can feed on the Word of God with what you're doing there? Sure. Well, you can contact us through our website at Christ in Prophecy, christinprophecy.org or lamblion.com. Check out our website. We have plenty of materials to help you grow in your experience with God and to know the Lord. Our website's filled with articles by myself and our founder and director, Dr. David Reagan. We also have our television show, Christ in Prophecy, which is broadcast on television networks all over the world and online through our YouTube channel and on his channel and Truly and others. And uh, check us out. We also have a blog, social networks. You can join our Facebook group. We've got about 11,000 people who discuss God's prophetic word, ask questions, and share experiences. And so join us at ChristinProphecy.org. We'd love to share about our excitement about Jesus' soon return with you. Thank you so much, Brother Nathan, for, for joining us on Spiritual Encounters, and I hope we can... Uh... If, if the Lord tarries, we're going to have you come back and, and, and share some more. And we'll see everyone next time for another Spiritual Encounters here, there, or in the air. God bless you. Good night. God bless you.